Welcome to the Chad Marketing Podcast, your number one place to learn actionable strategies and tips that help you have more profitable conversations with your customers. This podcast is here to help you grow your business by better understanding your customers, speak to them on another level, and grasp the opportunities that lie in the chat marketing industry. And now, let's get chatting with your host, live from Melbourne, Australia, successful chat marketer and entrepreneur, Dan Pinney. Hello, folks, and welcome to episode 15 of the Chat Marketing Podcast, and I am pumped to bring you today's episode and today's guest. You know, when I edit these episodes, I always try to find at least two clips that I can snip a short section out and then use it to promote across social media. And I always know it's going to be a good session and episode when I find multiple of these and struggle to decide which ones to use. So today's episode is going to be amazing. Our guest is none other than Natasha Takahashi of School of Bots. Now, her and her husband, Kyle, have been some of the amazing experts that I've actually learned directly from in my chat marketing journey, and I'm a student of theirs, so I can testify to how valuable their training is. Natasha has worked with seven-figure brands such as ClickFunnels, Billie Jean Marketing, and Mind Valley, so she has some really amazing tips and strategies in this session you can implement straight away. For today's tips and resources we mentioned, you can head to marketingpodcast.chat forward slash session 15. So without further ado, let's get into our chat with Natasha Takahashi of School of Bots. All right, Natasha, welcome to the Chat Marketing Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited uh, to dive into our conversation here. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Like I mentioned in um, the intro, um, I'm a student of yours. Um, I'm a big admirer of what you guys have done and what you've grown and certainly the experts that I look to when I'm looking to solve a lot of different problems as well as grow my business as well. So I can't wait to sort of delve into that. But I'm really interested to hear a little bit about you and your guys and your background and how you've grown School of Bots to be, you know, one of the the premier places to learn about chat marketing. Yeah, well, it definitely didn't start with that vision initially. Um, it quickly came to be, but uh, at the very beginning, I had actually left college to start my chatbot agency and my soon-to-be husband will probably be married by the time this podcast comes yep. out, actually. <laughs> um, and we've now been together for five years, but about a year and a half into our relationship, uh, we just realized we were always talking about business and entrepreneurship, but we both had never truly had large, you know, high-scale businesses. We had had the you know, little ventures here and there, the side hustles, you sell stuff in school or whatever, right? The entrepreneurial yeah. traits that mm -hmm. you hear people always talk about. Um, but it was always in our cards and, and in our plans to be business owners, to be investors. So that was always the big vision. And then the agency was our first vehicle to really do that. Um, but I've always been very interested in overall consumer behavior, technology, you know, marketing shifts and, um, and all the things that come with just being a, a mm. good marketer, funny enough. But I never thought about being in the marketing field and always more from the tech kind of business side of things. But long story short, we, we started diving into chatbots uh, right around the time that they actually became available to businesses in 2016. Had a few friends who were in the spaces as well, kind of just getting started, seeing the potential. And we found it so fascinating because it all just made a lot of sense. You know, the fact that we all use messaging apps already to talk to our friends and family. Why aren't we using them more to talk to businesses? Or rather, we already were, but why aren't businesses enabling themselves to respond to us faster, to allow us to do more things in these conversations instead of having a platform jump from a mobile app to website, et cetera? I mean, you know the whole thing. So, uh, we started out with a few clients. Uh, it was definitely challenging at the beginning because not only did we start our first business in a brand new industry that we had no idea how to explain the value of what we did, you know, our services, <laughs> where this is going, is this just a fad? Um, and then we also uh, actually traveled the world at the start of our business, which we were just talking about before we uh, started recording here. You know, we went all over outside of the US. So definitely a challenging and interesting time because while we were traveling, we also found that 
everywhere else that we visited, Asia, Australia, Mexico, a few other spots, everyone was at the same place with messaging. It was actually really interesting because you hear a lot of times, and the data shows it as well, that um, American marketing and agencies tend to be a few years ahead uh, just because of the way that the economy globally works. However, with messaging, it seems to me even still now, four years later, it's very much the same, that everybody started out on the same playing field because digital marketing was really starting to pick up in pretty much every country by 2016, that at this point, you're seeing countries all over, like countries that you didn't think were going to evolve as quickly with marketing. They're all like the top 10 mobile messaging app users um, and whatnot. It's not just, you know, Australia, UK, and the US. It's also Mm. places like India, Brazil, um, you know, places in Europe and and Asia as well. So really interesting involvement of the space. Um, And that was something that we didn't expect to get while traveling, but that it kind of all just went hand in hand and happened, you know, in a sense, coincidentally. So uh, along the way, we realized there was huge opportunity to share what we were learning with other agencies. At the end of the day, we don't want to uh, serve every business on the planet with our services, um, and we probably wouldn't be able to. And so it makes a lot of sense for us to share what we're learning, what's working, what we're seeing continuing um, to just change and shift in the landscape with others. You know, you mentioned you're a part of our program, and and we not only do that for um, members who are part of our programs, but we also work directly with business teams, different agencies one-on-one, and we have our clients that we're serving too with these services. So all of that is very rewarding in the sense that we create this loop of like creating strategies, testing them out for high growth clients like ClickFunnels, Digital Market, or Mindvalley. And then we're able to tell with, you know, a couple million messages going through, hey, this works at scale. Let's Mm -hmm. test this in a few other ways. And now let's actually share this with not only our community, but also our large internal team that we use um, the same training for actually that we sell. So really it's, it's this arsenal and vault of like what's happening right now. What we know right now is also what, you know, our members like yourself are getting. Um, So it all kind of happened seamlessly in a sense with a lot of challenges, but ultimately we saw a huge vision for what School of Bots could become. It started out as like this little beta course where like, okay, let's maybe try to teach this to a few agencies and see what they think. Uh, And then now I think we're up to our third year anniversary Roughly feels like time has gone very slow, yeah. but also very fast. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, that was four years ago. Um, and so, so at this point now, we have not just built that tiny course, but also now do a lot of speaking engagements, um, continuing to build out our, our product essentially suite so that we can continue to help different people in different areas who maybe don't want to become chatbot marketers, but they want to utilize this technology. So we're starting to expand and serve a wide array of audiences, primarily business teams, owners, and agencies like yourself. Um, And just continuing to move forward here, you know, you're aware that Instagram and WhatsApp chatbot betas are happening right now or about Mm. to, um, and we're going to be testing that out pretty aggressively over the next few months, which is very exciting. And so, So this has actually been the point we've really been waiting for since the beginning is the point at which this interoperability, this three messaging app kind of merge of Messenger, WhatsApp, and Instagram DM, where you can now leverage all three audiences and build natively for one platform that actually accomplishes three. Because there's a lot of chatbot platforms that are like build for one platform and it'll go across Telegram, um, Slack, Messenger, WhatsApp, et cetera, all the same. Well, that's just not the case. And so with these three apps, there's huge power and potential in what businesses are going to be able to do. So now is actually a very timely uh, opportunity for us to be having this conversation because like everything that we've been waiting for is happening right now. So there's a lot we want to cover. But that was a little bit uh, longer than I planned, but but just some background on, you know, how we got into this. No, nah, that's great. It's all really valuable. I'm fascinated to hear you mentioned going back to um, you're always interested in sort of consumer behavior and the marketing space. What sort of drove that um, back in the day? What what has sort of been a motivator for you to go down that path? Is there a reason why you decided that over others? Yeah, I think that just the general interest in understanding consumer behavior is what allows great business leaders to be great and to see the trends that are coming to be able to invest in businesses before they happen. And at the end of the day, everything, you know, is is also taking some risk in what you think is going to be the next big thing. So this was really just the first step to hopefully many other 
kind of scenarios like this, but I will say that this whole messaging app revolution or whatever we want to call it, you know, the World Economic Forum calls it the fourth industrial revolution where technology is starting to replace more humans. Mm. Um, But I think that now is just one of the unique opportunities, like five to 10 of these will happen in our lifetime where there's such a big shift. Um, It's not just like the new email, but it's really a shift in how we all think and, and act and consume and communicate. So, so it's an interesting time. And I think we're all lucky to, to be in the industry and, and working in it, being able to see how it evolves since we're really at like the perfect place where there's enough case studies. And now we also can kind of predict where the space is going to go and work towards that too. Yeah. And going back to uh, 2016 the F8 conference and, you know, you saw that Facebook opened up the API. What um, can you remember that moment where you were like, this is something we need to get onto. And and what was that decision-making process like to be like, all right, this is going to be opening. We need to jump on this, but is it going to be right? Is it just a fad? You know, what, what do we do? And, you know, you mentioned at the start of the business, how did you get, come to that decision? Yeah. You know, it was very um, sort of spontaneous in the sense that <laughs> we were planning to start a digital marketing agency. Anyways, we were both marketing for startups and doing just all sorts of different things within the marketing space, um, but not necessarily having had run, you know, our own agency or served our own clients, quote unquote. Um, and so at the time that it came out, really the like, holy shit moment was when we were watching F8 and then they started to show, you know, this one 800 flowers case study and what they had been doing with it. And it all just made a lot of sense. Now, Kyle is actually our visionary where he's the one who has all the crazy ideas, <laughs> you know, the the momentum, the direction. And I had a few of those visionary moments during that, but I tend to be more the integrator, like, okay, how do we get this done? <laughs> Not so much thinking about, you know, five years from now, even though I'll plan and say, here are my dreams. But, you know, in terms of like where we're taking direction, I'm much more in the kind of day-to-day kind of role. We'll see if that shifts, but that's kind of continued to be who I am. And so at that time though, it all just made so much sense. We are like, let's try this out and see what happens. Like we're both young. We both have, you know, the opportunity to totally screw this up and it'll be all good. Um, And so that's really why we decided to make the leap. Now, today, four years later, I would definitely not recommend that anybody do that in a brand new space, but I think that's fair to do in the chatbot space, even now, because there's more results and things showing. But back then it was a huge risk that honestly, there was no logic other than we think this is going to continue to blow up. It must have been a really interesting decision to to come to and see what it was because chatting to um, Mike from ManyChat and, you know, they saw it at the same time and they had to make the yes. decision in the middle of their accelerator whether they continue down the Telegram path or whether they completely change in the middle of an accelerator and then they ended up obviously creating ManyChat and as the yeah. story goes from there. Um, so 2016 comes, you start to play around with these chatbots. Uh, you then start to work with um, some different clients when did you then start to go, hey, we're getting some good results here and enough people were sort of asking, is, is, that, is that how it evolved? People were asking about how did you do this? I'd like to do that. And then you were like, why don't we just teach people? Yeah, it kind of happened that way. Um, The first few months were very challenging for us because we were building this new model, which we built from scratch and we could have used a lot more help from courses and other things, but we Mm. just, for whatever reason, were like, you know, let's just do this. We also had almost no money. So it was kind of like a, okay, let's just like figure this out, get a few clients and and see what we can do from here. Um, And so, so after those first few clients, so we got pretty much every client, some sort of result in revenue, um, to be clear. And so at that point, we're like, okay, so this is viable. Like, let's continue to grow this, see what we can do. Within the first 12 months, we had an agency that was making over a hundred grand a year, which was significant to us because that's more money than I had ever made in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously we knew there was a lot of room to grow. Like we want to, you know, own multi-million dollar brands and many of them in the future. So we were like, this is just the first step. Um, But let's see like what more we can do with this. So we continue to just expand that kind of three X that by the second year. And by that point, that was when we were still observing in the space, like who's sharing their tips, you know, who is, um, you know, just saying, Hey, this is working for me or who's like just getting attention and kind of doing the whole get rich quick. Like, let me share some tactics in this shiny new object space and then peace out that happened with a lot of people did. And we kind of saw that whole, 
evolvement kind of happen. You saw a lot of those people come in and out of the industry. Some of them are even dropping out now, which is interesting. Um, but so, so it happened naturally where we were like, you know what, let's try to teach us and see if, if we can help some people with this. And I have always envisioned being able to help people through online education. I just didn't know what subject it was going to be. I just didn't know. And this was like four years prior to us doing, you know, anything with our business. So um, I feel like it was always meant to be, and it just happened to be that there was a big opportunity for us to come in as, as a genuine, but authentic figure who knows what we're doing and not just feeding you bullshit or, or feeding you something that worked six months ago, but we don't serve clients anymore or whatever, because we make more money with courses or something, which then to happen with a lot of people. And so they kind of stop practicing and then the tactics, the strategies, et cetera, that they're doing are no longer working, yep. you know? Yep. So, so that's why being in the trenches is very important to us every day so that we can also preach what's working, push that mission forward collectively instead of, you know, saying stuff that, that might be outdated. Is, um, you mentioned the people that come along and teach a lot of things in, uh, the industry. And, and I think we've all been through a lot of listeners would also mm -hmm. have, consumed a lot of different information from a lot of different people and just been that kind of sponge. Um, one of the things that stood out with you guys, though, and one of the reasons why I joined the program was, and it was interesting earlier when you were saying Kyle is visionary and you were the kind of thing, you were the person that brings it together. You're very much the person that when it comes to planning processes, steps, and that's what I love about the course. It's yes. like you don't I'm just say, go and do this. Yeah, it's it's like it satisfies my inner nerd because. <laughs> I love it. I appreciate the yeah, feedback. Yeah, it's just like do this and then here's the document that you need and here's what you do next and here's how you plan and here's how you build your team. Um, is that something that you set out to do at the start to be like, these are the steps that we've done and this is how we've grown a team and this is how you can do it. Because I think a lot of the people say, yeah, I've done it, but they don't actually get into the trenches with you and show you the exact steps of exactly right what on. you've done. So Kyle actually came in with a lot of systems knowledge from a startup that he had seen scale. They had like fired half of the staff and they were able to do more with, let's say, less resources in a sense. Um, yep. And that all happened because of their systems consultant who came in and taught a whole system um, from, from Edward Stemming, who, who is just a systems knowledge genius who has now passed away. But, you know, his methodologies live on. He helped yeah. like Toyota become who they are, et cetera. So he um, had come in with that knowledge. And he was like, I want to build a business, right? We're going to implement all these systems, et cetera. And obviously I'd never seen any of that in practice. So I was like, this seems great. I'm a very organized person, but I also still have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so it took us a little bit to get on the same page. Uh, and I think that's really important to make sure you do from the beginning. Like, I think for us, if we had not been together romantically, funny enough, I don't feel like we would have lasted in business as long or like to the point where we're like, okay, now we're functioning properly because <laughs> there was just too much kind of, um, there was a little bit too much disconnect. I think at the beginning where he was like, I have all this knowledge. And I was like, I don't have any of that. Like, how do I acquire that? And so, um, it was very difficult, but I think once we were in like month five or six, it now all kind of started to click for me, which is why the, you know, the question of like, do I go and join a startup or an agency and kind of get that experience first and then go and build my own business. Is that better than kind of going in and just trying to figure it all out on your own? Um, and I feel like that's where I was at where I was like, Oh, I wish I had had more experience or whatever. But I also feel like at this point, and you know, you mentioned how we are now very process and system driven and everything is documented. Everything is like, here's the exact way to do it. If somebody yeah. else finds a better way to do it, then document that and everyone should have access to it. Um, and so once that, came along, I think things dramatically changed for us. So I've always been organized, but I haven't always thought in systems, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's certainly um, the, the way that the course is laid out and to help in those agencies grow, which is brings me to my next question around if people are building chatbots, maybe for themselves, maybe they've helped you know, we've all sort of started out helping some friends, family, people that have said, can you do yes. one of these for my businesses? <laughs> Taking on every opportunity that we see. Yeah. Uh, and then they're like, all right, you know, this is, you know, particularly we're heading into a real um, amazing time to be a chat marketer. What 
can those people starting out that are looking to take on more clients that are looking to maybe integrate this into more of their services, how can they get started in this space? And, um, and what would you recommend for people looking to, to start a chat agency? Yeah. So I think there's two types of people that this tends to boil down to. A, you are new to the agency model in the sense that you're not currently running an agency. Maybe you have in the past, maybe you have existing marketing experience, but you're currently building a new agency, let's say from the ground up. So for people like this, it is a little bit more challenging in the sense that chatbot marketing requires more skills, I would say, than most other digital marketing services, right? Email marketing, you've got to know how to write copy and understand psychology, maybe, you know, some automations and integrations, but that that's where it kind of stops. And then advertising, of course, there's a whole arsenal of skills there. But again, you're just creating the things that people see at certain steps in the journey. And mm-hmm. now with chatbots, it's like all of that stuff combined in like 50 other things, because you've got the analytical mind, the conversation designer, the copywriting, the integrations. And so it is, um, in a sense, a little bit more of a challenging, although very rewarding and high ticket business model. So for the people who are just getting started, obviously getting the business mindset and agency model stuff down is the most important. Because once you can understand and what value you're offering to businesses, which can only really be understood until you do it. Um, So while I don't recommend you like get any client as your first one, because I think at this point we've evolved enough in this market to know like you don't need to take on that piece of shop down the street. Um, Like you have more opportunity now to be able to do what we call and what I think you're probably familiar with to chatbot value video, where you can go and create this customized video for businesses that you want to work with and explain to them, Hey, I'm somewhat newer to this, but I know that I can get you results. Here's like, you know, some of the things that I've done, um, or I want to test this out for you and offering a discounted rate. Now at this point, our model is, and the people who are a part of our program, the businesses that we work with, we charge five to $20,000 a month. Now there are plenty of people in the chat chatbot space that offer a chatbot, which is a much different product, let's say, than what we offer as a marketing agency, Mm. chatbot marketing, running campaigns. They might offer, like you can even go on Fiverr and buy a messenger bot for five bucks, right? Uh, $500, $1,000, $2,000, but it's a much different model. And so if you follow our model of actually getting businesses results every month, like you would hire an advertising agency, then within that first to second month, you should be able to get them results and now be able to go up to your desired pricing, let's say. So that'd be like a simple roadmap. Without being biased, I would say that we have worked our asses off. I've worked like 11 hour plus days to to create the training that we have and continue to keep it updated. So without trying to boost our stuff, like I would recommend anybody who wants to get started to go through our program because it will get you where you want to go as quickly as possible. You can try to create YouTube playlists and read blog articles and all this shit, but you know, at the end of the day, it's just takes so much more time. And even though these people tend to have more time than money, um, you want to use that time as effectively as possible. So you can get your first client, at least within the first month of you getting into all this and then kind of figure it all out as you go, uh, because you also have the tools to get results. I see plenty of memes where it's like, I just signed a, you know, agency client. Now what the hell do I do? Yeah, <laughs> There's some really yeah. awesome memes on the internet about that. Um, yeah. And I think that while that may sound similar to the scenario I'm describing, it's also much different in the sense that when you have access to the training you need to deliver, then it's a much different game than you being like, oh shit, I'm just going to figure it out and test some things, even though I charge this business kind of an obscene amount for what I may or may not be able to deliver on. Yeah. So, yeah, and, so that's, and that's what I would say for that. Yeah. And that's the other good thing about the training as well is that it does actually, it's how to get clients, but then also how to service, service them and serve them as Most well. Important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that little ROI thing, um, uh, which is also something that you focus on a lot in your training around how to position your chatbots with clients in that it's not just that shiny object anymore. This is an actual, like, this is a really critical part of the business that will move the needle and grow and scale your business. Um, how how do you get to, how do you convince potential clients um, around that when they're skeptical about it? Because we've all been there. People have heard about it, but they're like, uh, it's just a, I don't know, a funny thing that you can have these automated conversations with. But 
we all know that are in the trenches, that is growing a lot further than that. So how do you have those conversations? Because they're always tough. So when we're in the discovery phase for a business that wants to explore using chatbots for their marketing, maybe for lead gen and closing sales, appointment booking, um, as well as operations, customer support, which funny enough, we've always focused on these three areas from the beginning. For whatever reason, we approached chatbots with that um, mindset. And recently at Conversation, conference 2020, the head of Messenger said that those are their top three bucket use cases. And Mm. so we had kind of already seen that in our data, but it was nice to hear him like literally say marketing sales and and support. And we were like, okay, cool. You know, just another little validation to know um, um, that we're kind of seeing the same thing as them. But in regards to portraying the value, I think one of the first best steps is using something like the chatbot value video, like a customized video to, depending on where you're at in the process, You know, if this is a business you're talking to for the first time, or let's say maybe you met them at an event or they're like more of a warm lead, uh, I would still create a video for them before you have a call to say, hey, here are the opportunities I see for chatbots in your business. And in that video, actually saying, here's what we might do in the first 30 days to instantly get ROI, which we would do with ideally an existing campaign that they already have, and then aim to double the conversion rate on that. So it should be something like a lead magnet or a webinar, or maybe it's a giveaway or a discount campaign. If it's an e-com, you know, if you're in another industry, it's probably pretty clear to you what marketing funnel has worked the best so far in that business, as long as you have been in business for at least a few months. Mm-hmm. And so um, when you lead with that, then I think it's much easier for business owners to understand how is this relevant to me and is this going to work for me? I think there are always those business owners that are going to be skeptical who think like, hey, Facebook ads don't work for me because I work with this one agency and they're just not going to work. <laughs> they sucked. And so I'm very reluctant to ever try them again. Um, I think there's always going to be those bad business owners in a sense um, that aren't going to move with the times. And so your goal is really to look at businesses that are the complete opposite of that, that are always innovating, that are looking at new tech. And it's pretty easy to tell who these people are. They're you know running ads, at least on Facebook, ideally doing everything possible that they can be in their marketing system to grow their business. And so approaching these businesses, there's a lot of them, by the way, people tend to think like, oh, there's only, you know, so few and they're, they're so difficult to get in touch with, et cetera. There are plenty of businesses, especially with the pandemic happening right now. There are more e-commerce businesses being created than ever. And also yeah. existing e-com businesses need help with, you know, lead gen and qualification, answering inquiries, all the things that they would have to hire so many people for they could solve with Messenger. So it's also an opportune time to explain things from that standpoint too, which is a unique angle. Um, But anyways, to go back then to the process, after someone watches that video, then they don't mind like the numbers and the things that you would usually say, like Messenger has 1.3 billion active users and, you know, all these things like open rates and click rates, that doesn't matter as much to them now that they understand the potential for results and how it's relevant to them. I think that's really the most important thing. And then at that point, once they say, or once they in their mind are like, this could work for my business, then now it comes down to cash or credibility. You know, can we afford this? And is this person credible enough? Like, do I trust them? I think there has been a very interesting involvement in the marketing game where there are so many bad agencies that say they will get you a certain result and then aren't able to actually produce that. And then after a few months, businesses are like, okay, I'm over this, you know, fire you, try to find someone else who can help me. They might even have to go through that process a few times for different digital marketing services. And ultimately that comes down to a lot of different types of vendors and partners you need to find in your business. But with marketing, because it's such a meticulous and important part of a business, it can be a very painful process to find a good agency. And so I think with the credibility piece, that's really important to to most business owners, which is why if you are just getting started, being able to position as, hey, I will work at a discounted rate and I'll even guarantee my services. I know some people are skeptical to do that for themselves because they're like, well, I don't really know. But it's like, well, if you can't be confident in yourself, then you probably shouldn't be doing this. (laughs) So so being able to say something like, hey, I guarantee that I will at least make you back, you know, the fee that you guys gave me. I would maybe start with that, something that's a little bit softer. For us, we at least do a two to one ROI guarantee at this point as an agency to say, hey, if we don't make you twice what you paid us in the first 30 days, then you know you won't pay us until that happens. So there's a lot of different ways you can approach it. That's just been the best way that we've found for the types of clients you want to be working with. 
there's any red flags or if they're like, hey, you know, actually we're kind of over this now or they don't imagine themselves working with you multi-month uh, and long-term, then it's probably not going to be a good client anyways. And so you can just move on and take that as a learning lesson and practice, um, but really finding the right clients and then taking them through those steps of discovery that I just talked about, I think is one of the best ways that you can approach this and then, you know, adjust the process for yourself, but no need to reinvent the wheel. We've been We've tried so many different prospecting methods and and all sorts of different ways to convince and explain to a business. But at the end of the day, you should just show them how it's going to work. And now you get past all the like annoying conversations of you like tripping up your words and being like, well, it's like this or, you know, like, you know, hear all the numbers and you just start to like pull stuff out of your ass. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a great little tip. And um, I, I think that is one of the biggest things. And the chatbot value video is delivered myself and I know a lot of other people, quite a few clients as well, um, as far as being able, them being able to see it in action. And I think that's when people get it um, is probably the easiest way to describe it is that something just clicks from there. Um, you mentioned, you know, you've, you've tried a lot of different processes and lead generation and then also servicing clients. How big is your team now and, and how do you structure um, uh, your agency going forward and, and what are the, the goals for the team going forward as well? Yeah. So we're actually going through a restructuring right now. Our team was bigger um, in early 2020. We were 10 people um, who were all active every day on projects. Right now we're six people. So we actually um, cut down a little bit because now we're restructuring our agency where we kind of went from initially like, hey, let's have a few people do everything on the project. So they're going to each wear like five to 10 different hats mm -hmm. um, and have these skill sets. And then this year we kind of expanded a little bit more, but I felt like we expanded in the wrong directions of the roles. And so now we've kind of come back to the core of like, okay, for starting next year, our agency structure is going to look much different than not much different, but um, we're going to have people have more specific roles because up until now it's kind of been like, okay, you know, let's figure out who can do what in the best way. People are going to wear a lot of hats. And now it's much more broken down to um, a marketing strategist. So someone who can actually own the project and say, we're going to take it in this direction. They can also double as an account manager, but we can have someone else who can be an account manager if needed to do client communication. Everyone on the team should be capable of talking to clients though. I think that's one of the biggest bottlenecks that a lot of agencies tend to happen. And if everyone can just get on the same page about good etiquette with sending good Slack messages, emails, voice notes, whatever it might be, then you'll have a killer all-star team yeah. um, to start with. So we've got the marketing strategist, let's say as the head of, of the project. And then from there, we have our conversation designer. So this is the person who previously, we kind of bunched all this into one role, like, okay, you know, um, our our chatbot marketing strategist is also going to go and create wireframes and things inside of ManyChat. They're also going to write the copy. They're also going to do integrations. Now that's all broken up. So the conversation designer can actually create the automation in ManyChat, know how to design the pathways. And then the copywriter as a separate role in person can come in and say, okay, now here, let me write the copy and put this into the wireframe. And then we've got our integration specialist who can go do things like Zapier, Integromat, custom things, webhooks, external data requests in ManyChat, all that good yep. stuff. And then we've got our AI specialist who would come in and be able to help with things like dialogue flow, artificial intelligence, um, engines and ultimately just make the bot smarter because that is a whole role in itself that is developing more quickly than I think most agencies in the space are recognizing. So that will be a really key role. Um, and we're actually putting out a dialogue flow course officially. It's been a long time coming um, in January or February of next year. So I think that'll hopefully help a lot of agencies who are already in the space. Like it makes a lot more sense to do this once you have the foundation built. If you come in and you're like, I'm just going to do AI it's not going to go very well unless you're a development agency or something. But if you're in marketing, it makes more sense to understand how to do the campaigns and everything and then add AI as a layer. So um, that's really kind of full circle what it all looks like. And then there's other little contractor jobs like you might want something custom coded or, um, you know, there may be graphic design or video editing that you need. But I think ultimately it comes down to those core roles that I just mentioned. And then those help us move projects really quickly and get stuff up and running. They're all primarily marketing roles. Um, but, but they all get, you know, the tech back end and kind of everything in place without fluff or extra random roles with people. Yeah. And how do you get all of them on the same page? Because that's, you know, it's one of the things, um, I think a lot of agencies struggle with, um, and maybe it's easier being as part of a, it, you're all focusing on, on chat 
Um, how, but how do you get them all on the one direction moving in the same direction going forward? Yeah, I think that's actually a really important discussion because luckily we're all focused on the same uh, service and the same skills. Even though people have different roles, we all want we want everybody on the team to be capable of essentially doing each other's roles. Because I think instead of being like, hey, you have this title and this role, making more of an emphasis on we are one unit. And so if this person's out sick, other people should be able to fulfill that role um, and vice versa, kind of just understanding all the different moving parts, because then your copywriter is going to perform better when they understand how to design conversations and your marketing strategist will perform better when they understand the copywriting process. So um, that's really key. And being able to do things like job shadowing, which sometimes feels weird remotely, but I think uh, that it can be really helpful, even like one day a month or one day a quarter, you know, allowing the team to kind of be in touch with each other. Weekly huddles are also super important for culture. And now we're diving more into like general business building stuff. But um, I think that that's really key because we use our weekly team huddles as a time to not only like check in with each other and be like, hey, how's your week going? You know, um, giving shout outs and things to people who have done helpful stuff for you during the week, but also a time to be like, here are all the updates happening in the chatbot space. And um, here's what you guys need to know. Like, let's talk about what we think about all these different things. And we've also created this culture of having anybody share things in Slack or in Asana uh, when they see a new article come in or new numbers. Like today, I just discovered like five new articles with really awesome numbers about messaging apps in 2020. And I was like, oh my God, guys, you know, like this is amazing. And then we mm-hmm. start that conversation because I think that the mindset and um, understanding of what we're trying to do here with the bigger vision is the most important thing. Even if we have people who maybe, and actually, I guess, I don't know where I was really trying to go with that end of the day. I'm like, that was a great point. Just kidding. So to kind of bring it back to to what we were just talking about, I think that all those things combined and that daily communication um, are really key. Some people do daily huddles and that's cool. Kind of helps keep everybody on the same page, but uh, we've created a pretty robust system within Asana and Slack that allows us all to know the status of any milestone we're trying to hit, like a new campaign, as well as like little tasks that need to get done, recurring things. We have weekly team meetings for all our projects. So I think that constant communication is what ultimately helps us all know what's going on and not be like out of the loop where it's like a month passes and it's like, well, what have you been doing? You know, <laughs> and, uh, and they're just all confused. So we've luckily never had that happen because we've always been really focused on that communication. Yeah. You mentioned uh, earlier the interoperability AI as well going forward. Um, we've also touched on the opening of the Instagram and WhatsApp um, betas and API. What can you see uh, 2020 being on the horizon for you guys and for chat marketing in general? Yeah, I believe that Instagram and WhatsApp, it, whether they become, I think they'll still maybe be in beta and this is just a total estimation on my part. We have some confidential information, but that's not necessarily releasing yeah. anything. So um, I believe they'll still be in beta by the end of next year would be my guess. Yeah. However, I do think that's going to be more of a public beta. And so right now they're doing very private beta where like Facebook is approving manually the businesses that are going to be able to utilize the tech. Um, and, and it's just a very hands-on process, which is why ManyChat has been, been able to say, hey, 1 million businesses using our platform, like all of you guys can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so Facebook is being very cautious, which makes a lot of sense. And they have so much data now from messenger bots that um, this was always our vision and understanding of how they would go about this. They've tested so much now with Messenger that they know, you know how the conversation should look. They know what features they want on these other platforms, So I think that 2021 will bring the opportunity for most businesses to be able to apply and use Instagram and WhatsApp bots. I do think they're going to be more limited. So Messenger will continue to be the main place that you can do literally anything you can dream of and think of uh, in regards to use cases, whereas WhatsApp and Instagram will still be more limited, things like keywords, um, not really any broadcasting and that kind of thing where like people come to you and get help rather than you directly reaching out to them with a few use cases kind of as exceptions. For example, like how we have the message tags in Messenger, that it'll just be more restricted like that. Like there's no sponsored messages or anything like that or broadcast one-time notifications. It's all more so like if you have a certain use case, then you can send that message out. Otherwise you can't. 
Yeah. So that's how I envision 2021 will look. And then from there, I'd imagine it all goes very quickly, like all public, all the features are available from there, but we'll kind of see, because I think the pandemic slowed Facebook down a little bit too um, with the development. And once that becomes available, and even now, you know, we're already seeing it with Messenger, the marketing campaign side of it, um, and just continuing to utilize the features available will just continue to be more sophisticated. Um, And I think that as long as they continue to evolve the conversation experience on all three platforms to look similar, that we won't necessarily all need to be learning three new platforms, but it'll be more so understanding how messenger bots work and then how you can use some of those features on the other two platforms. That's my guess for 2021. And then from there, like I mentioned, I think it's going to expand a lot more. Yeah. And what about speaking about Instagram and WhatsApp? What about the um, connection with SMS and, and email as well? And many chat, you know, Mike said, you know, when it comes to communication, we want to be the tool for you. Is that, and have you been testing SMS um, and integrating that a lot in 2020? And um, can you see that being integrated a lot more into, into campaigns going forward? Definitely. I think that every mobile messaging app that we use regularly and SMS are all a part of this necessary system that every business needs to be building. For some industries, it may still be a little bit early on just because of the way that the entire industry works. But even then, there's always room to be innovative. So I think with at least info commerce and e-commerce, any online scalable models need to be building their systems out here with marketing, sales, and operations use cases with SMS, with Messenger, and soon with Instagram and WhatsApp. Because ultimately, the goal as a business should be to be available where your customers want you to be, not so much where you only want to be available. So some businesses you know, only want to continue to do email because that's the easiest for them. They have the infrastructure and they don't want to have to go and figure out this whole thing. But mm. maybe they get a ton of people DMing them on Instagram with their questions. And that's where people, those people, want to have that conversation. And the same might go for all the other platforms. So there's actually a platform called Blinger. um, And I don't think they have products in English as much. It's a little bit more European, but the platform is interesting because it gives you a preview of what it would look like to talk to a business on any channel you want. So they have Telegram, Skype, WhatsApp, maybe Instagram, maybe not, um, Messenger, SMS, just web chat. So the chat widget on their website opens up when you click on it into all the different channels and then you pick what channel you want and then you start that conversation there. So it's an interesting futuristic outlook on what things might look like when a business can easily be available on every platform that you want. So I think right now the stage that we're at is like one, there is a media ROI that can be generated. So I think that should be the number one incentive for any business to to start utilizing these tools. But then secondly is actually future-proofing your business for the next five to 10 years to say, if I want to stay in business, I'm going to need to know how to use these platforms to communicate. So I might as well do it now because it's available. There's agencies and experts that can help me. So let me just go and do that. can start small, but you should start somewhere because in, let's say, two or three years from now, it's not only going to be Messenger and SMS that are needed for a business to be on. It's now going to be Instagram, WhatsApp, and potentially other platforms that will be key. So as marketers and businesses starting now makes things a whole lot easier than than doing it you know in a few years again if you want to stay in business as an agency that has uh, relative services to this and also as businesses that need to be available primarily b2c b2b will look a little bit different but definitely b2c um just taking a little bit of a, a step back and maybe looking at you know um leaving college traveling the world growing school of bots. Have you looked back and thought where you would be if chatbots weren't a thing? Let's say that, you know, let's say F8 in 2016, we're like, we're going down a different direction. Do you think, or do you ever think and look back at, you know, what other avenue you might've gone down? Yeah. I, I tend to think about the opportunities all the time. There are plenty of things I probably would have done um, instead of this. <laughs> it was never really, and you know, the, the career path, this whole thing didn't exist before then. So how could anyone possibly predict this? But um, music has always been big for me. So I'm definitely going to be doing more in the music industry moving forward. And then um, just always continue to be involved in startups, both from the investor side and business owner side and inventor of products that will impact, be sustainable, and also are in industries that I'm very interested in. 
So I think wellness and beauty is also something that I'll definitely be exploring after, you know, our run in the chatbot marketing space. I imagine when it'll either go two ways, either we'll sell school bots and our agency and kind of move on, um, or we'll continue to run this, but then start to get into other things and not so much be the face of the business, you know, in let's say three, five years. So it'll be interesting to see where we go, but um, that's probably what I would have done is either start a new startup at that time or have gone into the music industry since I've always wanted to do that, but just never really gave myself that chance to like go all into it. And I'm glad I did business first, I will say. I think as a creative, um, business tends to be a lacking skill set for a lot of people. And so they kind of get screwed and stuff. And so um, I think all of that has also kind of helped me become who I am now. And all these skills will now kind of propel. You can do anything once you do digital marketing, chatbot marketing, I feel like. Yeah, it's great. Well, we're glad that you made the decision to go down (laughs) this path. Um, I always ask this question um, to guess. In, in looking back a little bit as well is how much of your success comes down to hard work and how much comes down to just pure luck at the end of the day? I would say that most of this business is hard work. There's very little luck involved in it other than the fact that the way the industry has moved and whatnot is slower than some people predicted in terms of implementation, but much bigger with results than maybe some people could have predicted initially. So I think that there was luck for us in the sense that we discovered it at the beginning and were able to ride that wave of growing at the same time as the industry. And even now there's definitely still that opportunity. I would say at least for the next three years, there's huge opportunity for any agency to come in, become the go-to, and then be well-established when, let's say, this quote-unquote becomes saturated, like Facebook ads and and other digital marketing services have. Um, So I do think that luck in the sense that we're all lucky enough to be living at this very moment in time where we can take advantage of this, but 99% of this is going to be hard work because it does take a lot to understand this industry, understand the skill sets, and then actually go and get those results. But once you do that. It's a lot more smooth sailing. You'll have your processes. And like I said, it's all about the marketing psychology, the tools, the platforms are going to change. But if you can understand this within a few months, you can do anything with, with messaging apps, with SMS and anything that comes out in the future in this area. One last question. Is is there anything I haven't asked you that you think uh, people would find of value? I think that the most important thing that most people who are offering chatbot services are missing is the marketing psychology side of things. And I know we've talked about that a lot. And I feel like psychology is always this buzzword in marketing where it like makes people sound smarter than they are. But (laughs) I think uh, at the same time, it's such a critical piece that all these people um, who consume digital marketing information online look to people who are, you know, running ads claiming that they have, you know, some secret sauce when it really ends up being a tactic oftentimes and something that's not going to work in six months from now because it's not based on psychology. It's based on like just a trend or a fad that's happening. But the true principles that stand even like 50, 70, 100 years later in marketing all um, are based on just human behavior. And so even though consumer behavior is changing, human behavior hasn't changed nearly at the same rate as technology. And so uh, maybe a few book recommendations that I can give some people is uh, breakthrough advertising, I would say is my number one recommendation for anybody getting into this space. Now it is written in let's say more outdated or older English. And Mm. so uh, even though it's not like England English, it's, it's still a little bit tougher for some people to get through. It's a little bit more dense, Uh, but it is just a phenomenal read. And as soon as you read that, you'll discover that a lot of the people that you consume from for digital marketing tactics and strategies, it's all literally the same stuff. It's just renamed and rebranded, but it all comes from those same principles. Actually, most of the time that book funny enough. So highly recommend you do that. Like just go straight to the source, you know, um, and understand what general marketing principles look like. And then you can apply that to literally anything you want to do. I think that in regards to something that also some people tend to dismiss in bots and just general writing is NLP. 
And so not necessarily natural language processing, but neuro-linguistic programming, there's a lot of opportunities to do this in your bots. And so the book Frogs into Princes is a great starting point. Again, a little bit dense, but um, also good like principle books so that then you can apply this stuff in in pretty much anything that you're working on. I think that's plenty because uh, when you you read those two, you can always continue to come back and reference them. And you'll notice how those principles allow you to not not go and like copy everybody else, but actually create original thought that will convert the best for you um, and really focus on on what's at hand for the brands you're working with or for your own business. So those are just two little things um, that I think I would want to mention that aren't directly related to just chatbot marketing, but I think any good marketer and quite frankly, any good business owner wanting to understand consumer and human behavior should give those a read or at least give them a skip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's some great, it's good timing for some good holiday reading for the people True. out there, uh, sit down and, and consume that in their preferred method. We'll have all the links to that um, in the show notes as well, which so brings me to where people can um, find out more about School of Bots and about yourself as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, this was an awesome conversation. I feel like we went in so many different directions and covered quite a bit of ground. We did. <laughs> um, so yeah, feel free to reach out to me directly if you um, are interested in hearing kind of my best recommendation for where you can get started, whether you're an existing agency wanting to add bots to your um, business or getting started, which we gave a little bit of advice there as well. So I would hope that was helpful. Um, you can reach out to me directly, Natasha at School of bots.co, not.com. And uh, our website is probably the other best resource to send people to because we have dedicated resources for people in different positions. So like I mentioned, if you're a complete newbie to business and marketing to someone running a multi seven, eight, nine figure agency that wants to add this as a service, as well as a business owner or team that wants to hire or, you know, dedicate some people within your organization to do this. So we have solutions for all of you that stem from our proven training at this point that we are happy to support you however we can. Nice. Lovely. We'll have all the links in the show notes again. Hey, this has been a really interesting discussion. Um, so glad we could we could make it happen. And um, I think on behalf of myself and as well as a lot of people out there that I'm sure have consumed a lot of the information over the years from you, thank you for everything that you do for the chatbot community. I love the sort of analogy of, you know, the tide rising all boats. And I think you've helped a lot of agencies get to that level because it certainly helps the industry go forward. It helps more people get more business businesses understand the space by doing it properly, doing it well, following the processes. So really appreciate everything you've done. And um, once again, thank you for your time today as well. Well, thank you very much. You know, that's, that's really why we do it at the end of the day. And it's, uh, I think I mentioned that a rewarding loop for us to be able to just see other agencies also win big with this because there is so much and there's so many fish in the sea in the sense that uh, there's so much opportunity here that I think people can, we've already seen so many agencies turn things around, people changing their lives and whatnot, not to get emotional, but I think uh, that there's a lot of really good that that this agency has, or agency, this industry has done that I think has been much different than than other marketing services and spaces. So. I really appreciate that feedback and, and yeah. the genuine thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it hit the nail on the head there. It is certainly a very unique industry and um, that's why this podcast exists to be able yeah. to showcase um, some of those people and really interesting stories. And um, once again, thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your story today and bringing some value to the, to the listeners out there. So thanks once again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me and thanks for listening. All right, I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Natasha. She has an amazing story and some really valuable tips and I'm sure you would have got out of this session. It's one of those episodes that you kind of need to stop and start and go back and get some of those resources. Speaking of, if you want to get the links directly to those that are either in the show notes or you can head to marketingpodcast.chat forward slash session 15. That's marketingpodcast.chat forward slash session one five. And hey, just quickly, I've got a favor to ask. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you could tell someone else about it. You can go to your podcast app and hit the share button and then you can send the link directly to them. Or if you've got any feedback, by all means, head to the website at marketingpodcast.chat and let me know. You can actually have a chat with me there as well. Until next week's episode, have a great day. Bye-bye.